Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. I made up my mind, I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, January 31st. Tennessee basketball back on track. Never in doubt. Truly never in doubt because they never trailed. It was great. It was fantastic. Never had to worry about the the outcome. Yeah, it was really nice. It hadn't been that way for a while, um, especially since the outcome hasn't really gone in Tennessee's favor. Um, But, I mean, even the last time Tennessee won, we talked about it. It wasn't necessarily the prettiest of games. So it feels good to not only win, but win good. Um, And and over, I mean, is Kansas, you know, not a great – basketball team this year sure but great program plenty of great players on that roster and then you dominated that's a great win yeah absolutely yeah a team that you don't really face um they're they're not a conference so so to kind of get out of that conference mindset and and play somebody at a conference I, i think that's huge for tennessee and hopefully we've turned the corner offensively to be determined to be determined, um, got to do it a couple, you know, a couple games in a row there for me to truly buy into it. Um, but to do it a couple games in a row, you do have to do it once. Exactly. So it's a good point. Moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, moving in the right direction. Uh, we are gonna we, basketball. A lot of basketball on the show for sure. Um, but I think everybody's um, been asked a lot about the coaching hire uh, the past few days. I, I think a lot of people are holding off there. Um, it's not. It doesn't seem like a normal Tennessee hire. I think a lot of people are hesitant um, about the hype about the um the hype yeah exactly Ooh, about okay. just just about it you know exactly what happened with this you know coaching hire because it wasn't which we, we've said it from the get-go it was not a sexy hire it wasn't um but i think some people are, are seeing some things they like some fair question marks and then there's just some there's still uncertainty involved in the program because ncaa violations um things with assistant coaches like there's still a yeah, lot of questions and you don't even have a defensive staff right? at all <laughs> yeah there's no uh, one so there's certainly um some some big questions re- still regarding um, the josh heupel hire i did see some jokes about um every every tennessee coach has been tweetable if they get a good staff around them you know it's going to be good that goes for every just about every coach so there's probably two coaches in the nation that right now that could win with um, anyone on their staff and one's at Alabama and one's at Clemson. And I don't know if there's another coach that can do that. So, yeah. And I think, you know, you, you say Clemson too, but they've had so much stability within their program. You know, what if they had that kind of um, change w- within their assistant coaches and OCs, DCs every single year? Would they have that same success? Probably not. It, it is a fair question. Um, I mean, yes, for them, like it's, They've had a, lot, a ton of consistency, but I mean, outside of Brett Venables, that's about the only guy that's been there with Dabo from the beginning. 
Right. Um, but certainly not as much of a revolving door as, mm-hmm. as Nick Saban. Um, so but I, I think it does rely a lot on a, uh, the staff he builds, and, and we'll certainly um, kind of get into that, get into our thoughts, especially with the question regarding um, Kevin Steele and uh, kind of what his role is, I guess, in, in all of this. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the guys that are gone. Uh, doesn't look like many will be returning from the staff, if, if any, right now. And, and I think that's uh, – whether they're VFLs, great coaches, with – if the violations are as bad as Donde Plowman and Randy Boyd made them out to be, I don't see it's, it's going to be tough to retain anybody that was previously on the staff anyways. Right. Um, or at least to have clarity in the next couple weeks about it. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into all that. Landon's got team news for us. Uh, joined by Mock Wilson of the Knox News Sentinel later to talk about this this football hire, um, this the stability of the program, and, and of course talk a little basketball as Tennessee, again, got a huge win last night over Kansas uh, 18th, is that correct? 18th ranked Kansas. They are on a now, I think, five-game skid. Mm-hmm. Certainly struggling. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if they can respond as they get into the later half of their season because that's five, again, five losses that aren't, you, you never want to lose five games. But Ever. <laughs> if you're going to lose five, those aren't the worst five games to lose. Correct. Kinda, I mean, so we'll see. I, I'm curious, like, in terms of, like, you want the teams you beat, you would rather do well. It makes you look better. So it's going to be, I hope, I hope Kansas bounces back for Tennessee's sake. Yeah. I hope Tennessee, I'd rather Tennessee. Keep like, I mean, cause right now, I mean, they're on the verge of not even being a tournament team. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, then we'll preview the old miss game. Um, that'll be, uh, again, a great chance for Tennessee to go get a win. I think it'll take, uh, one of Kansas's best games and, and or Kansas Ole Miss's best games, uh, matched with one of Tennessee's not so great games to see anything out of the ordinary there on, is that Tuesday night or Wednesday? Night? Tuesday, Tuesday at night. seven o'clock on ESPN two. Thank you. Good call. Good call. Um, and then we will get into um, some questions. So if you've got them, drop them now or uh, tweet them at us. We'll try to get them for the show. I'm hopping on YouTube now. Sorry, not over there yet. Of course, I'm always on Twitter. Um, Landon's got Facebook. Drop them in there. Tell us where you're listening from on this. We'll call it beautiful. We're going positive mindset. Beautiful Sunday night. Oh, like that, for po- snow. You that positive energy. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, let's get it. Call I mean, why not? Calling for a little snow tonight. Knox County's already out. Okay. So we're going to go with, uh, sorry. Positive? They went, they went online. Yeah. Dude, computers are going to be the worst thing to happen to snow days ever, right? Oh, yeah. There, like, there won't be snow days ever again. So snow days are what now? Like 0 and 2 against computers? They're going to be a myth. Like here in like <laughs> 10 years, you're going to be like, what's a snow day? Yeah, those never existed. <laughs> those never existed. All right. You ready to get into it? Yeah, guys, go check out our sponsors, Tennessee Tap House, Hound Dogs, and Blue Water Climate Control. It is cold. It's beautiful, but it's cold. It's beautiful, baby. <laughs> so go check out Blue Water Climate Control. They will help you out with all your HVAC needs. We got guys listening from Philippines, Roger Lee. Um, and then Mark Taylor is at Merle's Inlet, like always. Um, Tim Ragsdale, I think he just gave us his actual address. That's awesome. That's a new one. <laughs> I will be. Uh, I'll be on Google. I'll be on Google Street View later tonight, Tim. Oh, maybe it's not in Barnwell, <laughs> South Carolina. But he did say eight oh three. So I thought oh, that was his the, address. Dropping but, the zip. Yeah. In there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. like it. I like that a lot. All right, Josh Heupel. We I, thoughts right now. Right now, just just first throw it out there. What, what do you? Underwhelming. What do you first thoughts. Underwhelming. Ooh. Okay. I thought I, we were th- starting this positive energy. Here you come, Underwhelming. Hold on, hold on. You said you said initial thoughts. 
I'm not gonna lie. Cause like he's been a couple days on the job. Like yeah, yeah. I'm, he, I'm, he spoke last night to. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not gonna get hyped on some words anymore. You're it's not on me. Butch Jones. Up. Butch Jones got me, man. I'm not doing that anymore. And and that 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 is the thing. It. Like, it's it's a tough job job for Josh Heupel because Tennessee has been burnt so many times. Yeah. Like it's hard to like we have trust issues right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got out of some bad toxic relationships. Exactly. So, um, it, it, Josh Heupel's got to really, really earn that respect. He doesn't mm. get gifted it. Um, it's not necessarily his fault, but he doesn't get gifted it. And you know, I think if Josh Heupel was honest with himself, I think he would have to admit that yeah, the hires got to be a little underwhelming for the program team. And that's not, you know, I'm sure. I hope he's confident in himself enough to go. You know, I'm going to prove you wrong. But what has he really done to you know really say otherwise right now that? Yeah. He could be the guy that could really get Tennessee turned in the right direction. Um, look, I, I, I like what I've seen, the little bit I've seen from his offense. Um, I, last year was not ideal, but I think it's a little unfair in, in, a, in a COVID year to, you know, with everything going on. He talked about it with, uh, I think he did that little sit down with Bob Kessling. Um, and I actually, I liked him coming away from that. And he talked about, he's like, you know, um, this year was just, interesting because they didn't even practice or meet as a team until like the third week of the season. They had been doing zoom interviews as a full team. Like, like that, that's tough to really get a, you know, cohesive environment. And I know every team is dealing with it. And he mentioned that too, but it doesn't affect the same, you know, teams in the same way. It's just, so it's hard to hold that against him. Now he did only what lose one possession to every team except BYU. Yeah. So it's you know, not terrible losses. Um, I don't know. I, I just, they weren't by double digits. So. They weren't by double digits. I, and again, underwhelming, but I, I do like the few things I've, I've seen from him. Um, I mean, I, I joked about, I'm not going to get hyped on the way. And I'm not hype about, you know, his interview with Kessel. I mean, I thought coming away from it, I was like, you know, this guy seems like a guy who at least similar to how Jeremy Pruitt started out for just being honest, like a guy who just gets the, like program and football, and he's not just going to come in here and try to make up his own traditions and, um, you know, try to bring in all this faux energy and like, that just doesn't seem like who he is. And, um, the players do seem to like him. Um, the little, maybe sometimes they should put down the Twitter machine, but they seem to like him. And, um, I think that's good. And I, it's hard to get hype about it right now. A lot. It's hard to get too excited about it right now. Yeah. I, I think it's my first, like after like my reaction right now is I'm hopeful. I don't know really what that means, um, but I, I do like his offense. I, I watched a lot of film on it today, and a lot like he just puts guys in positions to succeed. Um, yeah. He he running game. He runs a lot of misdirections. He he's constantly making the defense think. Um, like misdirection, counterplays. He'll pull a guard one play. He'll pull a tackle the next play. It just makes those linebackers think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so like as the game goes on, like they they get slower and slower because they're trying to process every little right. thing that they've done up to that point. Um, and, and then with DBs, you know he, he's going to utilize speed. And so those DBs, like I was watching them against Temple, I think a year or so ago, and. Temple was playing like ten yards off because they they were they knew that those wide receivers could run bomb and so they're just quick game quick game just beating them up in the quick game they start coming up and then he hits them over the top I oh, mean wow. it, it just like it's it's simple but it's also something we're not really used to I was about to say like 
I said, oh, wow, sarcastically, because I'm like, finally, somebody who can, you know, adjust to what, see what the other team's doing and counter that. And, um, yeah, the little bit I've watched, um, since you've watched it all day today, you've, you've watched it more than I have, um, seems to try to get guys out into space, trying to find yeah. um, pockets of space, and uh, whether that be bringing guys in motion, um, doing different uh, different things with the wide receivers out on the, uh, out on the outside. And um, just, you... That's, I don't know. Why did, Why could Tennessee this season not get guys in space? Yeah, it was like he just utilizes every bit of personnel he has. Like he'll use an H-back. He'll use tight ends. He'll use every single receiver on the field. And, yeah, we just it, – it looked like backyard football. Like when we just like take the snap and everybody just runs downfield and does a different thing, it, that's what it seemed like Tennessee was doing. And in his offense at least – he lets athletes be athletes. And I think Tennessee has plenty of athletes at the skill position. Um, will he have to maybe have a few more wrinkles because it's it's different competition? Probably. Um, but I, I think to really get Tennessee fans excited, I think the offense will be there. But defensively, you got to do something. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, right now you, you have no one on the defensive staff besides Kevin Steele as of right now. But – who knows what happens. It also doesn't look like that'll happen right. if the rumors are true. Eh. Defensively, I like, in terms of his press conference, I liked what he said, and they want to kind of do the same thing they do offensively and be aggressive um, and go create turnovers. And I mean, that's... Listen, I hate it because I think if you want to have a really, really good sound defense, I think it's possible, but the way the defenders are going, you're, you're going to get points scored on you. So can you go out there and create turnovers? Um, you know, are you able to get teams in bad field position and bad situations? Like, I mean, that's really all you can ask for in this defense. This defense is going to be depleted this year, though. So, I don't know. Like, it is going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. Especially at the linebacker position. It is going to be very, very tough. You better get a good staff in here um, because that's I think that's your only hope of, of having a good defense. And uh, we've already got some questions kind of regarding this. And, and we'll get to the Ty Simpson um, stuff soon enough. So, just hang on with us uh, because that was announced shortly before the show. But we, we will certainly get to that. But we've got some questions about... Um, can we replace every transfer with a portal transfer? No, you can only sign 25 guys, period, to your, which is – they've got to fix that rule, right, now that it's going to be an open transfer pretty much one time? You would think, but, I mean, if we know anything about the NCAA, nothing they do makes any kind of sense. Correct. So, Fair. Who knows? So, yeah, I, but defense is going to absolutely – someone said we needed defensive guru and the staff will be set. I mean, there's only – how many staff members have been named? Three? And are they even official? I don't think they're official yet, no. So, like, I, I, I don't – I mean, this staff's going to need a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, defense is the – a defense, a good defensive staff right now is – like, you don't – I don't think you have an opportunity to miss. I mean, the, yeah, and that would make Tennessee fans excited. If he was able mm-hmm. to, to load down a defensive staff like mm-hmm. that. And, and the money's there, obviously. I mean, Tennessee has some sort of money tree growing somewhere we'll because they're yeah. just throwing money at everybody. <laughs> um, So, I – I don't know. Yeah, you, you want to get a great defensive staff. If I were Josh Heupel, I mean, can you really can you really find a better defensive coordinator or even linebackers coach than Kevin Steele? And I don't know if Kevin Steele wants to be here, but I, I right. think at least you have that conversation where you're like, hey, let's... Make him say no so you don't have to freaking pay him. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree. I mean, if he goes out and makes a better hire than Kevin Steele, and I... I don't know enough, like, right off the top of my head to, like, who would that be, what would that look like? Right. But if he does, then that's a different story. But, 
I mean, I kind of, I got to agree with you at least to an extent. Like, yeah, Kevin Seals probably your best option. He's already on your staff. I would hope he's been forming relationships with players since he's been here. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's had enough time. Right. Um, but yeah, I would, I would think, and, and I think hopefully he brings some other guys with you or other with him um, to be a part of the staff that were. Yeah. I think Kevin Steele has, he has the connections around the sec defensively where he could probably build a good defensive staff. Right. So right. if you, you hire the head guy, you kind of let him lay out the, mm. the land of what he expects. So you probably get Ronnie Garner back. Probably. That'd be nice. Hopefully. I'd like that. I would like good Ronnie recruiter. Garner. Yeah. Cause I, I think he's never really had to be a good recruiter. No, Josh Hodgwell. Well, I mean, he's he's not really had the really opportunity to right. So, and I think it's 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 definitely a lot easier to sell Tennessee than it is UCF. No offense to UCF, but that's just it's, one plays in the SEC and one plays in the AAC. Like it's, right, yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. I recruiting is definitely gonna be a challenge, and I guess there we can start real quick with Toss Simpson. And um, I mean, what I said to you before the show, I I wouldn't think Toss Simpson signing three weeks from now. Two week, two and a half weeks from now, is a good sign for Tennessee. He's probably spoken to Coach Heupel once. Probably more than that. If I was Coach Heupel, I'd be calling that man every day. I mean, yeah, but like, it maybe, but might catch a voicemail a lot. He, he might. I, I don't know. It, it like part of me it feels that way too, but part of me is just like, you know, he's got an offensive minded coach that's had. Um, a good track record of yeah. developing quarterbacks. It's possible. He's at a school that you want to be at. Whether some people say that that's yeah. incorrect. He's been here way more time than he's been anywhere else. Right. But I just can't imagine that that like the hire would be his where he changes the mod. Unless he but again, why not wait until May or August of next year? If you want to get it out of the way, that commitment, mm-hmm. so you're not even thinking about it, like you make your decision, move on. That's I get that. But February seems like a weird time to do that. I agree. Yeah. So and but and a whole lot can happen in three weeks. He could develop a great relationship with Josh Hopple. He signs. He could never talk to Josh Hopple again, and he decides he pushes it back. I mean, a lot can happen in three weeks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And another thing is, is it's a commitment till inks to paper till he's on campus. Yeah, then, nothing set. <laughs> three weeks is a long time. Nine months is a really long time. Yeah. So I, I don't think the Ty Simpson thing will be wrapped up February nineteenth. Um, I, I think it's obviously it'll it would obviously be huge for anybody in Tennessee, especially if they were Tennessee, especially, and that may be something Hypel's selling to, and that staff that he has in place right now, in place, I don't know, is selling to Ty Simpson. Like, we want to do something special. We need to get you in now, and you can get everyone else with you. Like, I mean, you can it, be the guy in the class that goes out and gets guy. That's possible. Yeah, and if he goes out and lands Ty Simpson in what, three weeks, four weeks, I guess, since right. he got the job. I mean, that steamrolls your whole entire recruiting you, you class. You would think. You would think. So, and again, I, I don't, I personally don't think it's likely. Um, you're a little bit more into the recruiting and you think it's at least more of a possibility than I, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Right. But so I'm not saying it's impossible, but it just seems unlikely that that's, that hiring Josh Heupel is what changed Todd Simpson's mind, but it could have. It could. I mean, if you, you mentioned the offense. Yeah, if you go watch the UCF film that I watched today, you want to be a quarterback in that system. That's understandable, yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, also like Alabama's recruiting him. How do you how do you say no to Alabama that just won a national championship and they've done a great job with their quarterbacks as well? Yeah. So, absolutely. Okay. The good news is about staff cuz a lot of staff changes. Chris Winkie's gone. <laughs> He's gone. 
Jim Chaney, you knew you you assumed you knew, I guess, Jim Chaney would be gone when Josh Heupel was hired. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a surprise, kind of just a matter of time. Right. Uh, but Jim Chaney's gone. Chris Winkie's gone. Um, so, yeah. Uh, someone mentioned, do you want to play for Heupel's offense or Bill O'Brien's? Is Bill O'Brien the GM of this team, too? Because that's a <laughs> hell no. Bill O'Brien is a good football coach. Terrible GM, he's a good football coach. Um, what offense would I want to play for? I mean, it's hard to just flat out say no about Bill O'Brien, right? Like, look at the track record he has. Right, and he's at Alabama with that too. So, <laughs> I mean, it, is it really Bill O'Brien's offense? To an extent, yes, but it's also like you know, um, it's. Are you just going to be building on what you did last year? Right. It, yeah, it's um, he's getting this kind of the stamp of approval from Nick Saban, and, and so I think if so, if you're asking me right here, that's a uh, Dave Sargent that asked that. Would I rather play for Bill O'Brien or Josh Heupel's offense? Everything I know today about the two, I'd rather play for Bill O'Brien's yep. offense. We got some questions in the chat asking about staff. Um, those are the only two that have officially been let go. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll definitely be more. Um, Joe Osvet did interview with UCF. That's a good point. For the jobs, so um, he could still be on staff, maybe. T. Martin to be determined. I think Jay Graham, I don't think that's finalized either. It looks like... Um, Him going to Alabama? Yeah. Because I think they hired Gillespie. Did they? They ended up hiring him. Um, but so, Jay Graham was going to be the special, special teams, teams coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, gotcha. I don't think that's been finalized okay. yet. Um, and then Derek Ansley's going to the Chargers. Jeremy Pruitt's going to the Giants. Good lord, did they just hire every Tennessee coach? Yes, from that staff. It's like yeah. Auburn has half of them, and the New York Giants have half of them. It's like Craig Fitzgerald's there. I think yeah. Kevin Shearer's there. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll see with, with hires. I mean, I think if he can keep, somehow keep Jay Graham around, T. Martin around, I mean, VFLs, guys who know the program that can recruit pretty good, that's obviously a bonus. But but then, like like you said earlier, you also got to take into the account the NCAA. Like, mm. does it help you any if you get rid of everybody? Right. It, it, yeah. It's definitely not concluded yet. I mean, there's rumors going around about uh, the NCAA encouraging, or I guess us encouraging um, the – Eric Gray and like Henry Toe totally because they were a part of the investigation. They wouldn't be eligible anywhere else if they weren't eligible at Tennessee. Right. Um, and then again, like you said, that would mean that coaches would probably help that case as well. Yeah. You know, it's nice. We'll be throwing slants in this offense. Yeah. That's the one positive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. hundred percent. Can't wait. A lot of slants. A lot of slants. A lot of slants. All right. You got a uh, team news for me? Um, Team news, yeah. So, Brent Samaglia entered the transfer portal. So did uh, punter, backup punter, Joe Doyle. NFL draft portal? Huh? Is it the NFL draft portal? I don't think so. That's what he tweeted last time. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. He chose not to enter it last year. Well, good, because that's made up. So, (laughs) I don't know what he'd be entering. Um, Yeah, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I you don't want to lose a kicker. This you you don't want to lose a guy that talented. He no. did struggle this year. It may be in everybody's best interest to part ways. Yeah, I mean he was definitely going to score more points this year than he was last year. So uh, you would think, yeah, <laughs> a lot of extra points. Hopefully, that's the plan. Yep. And then Cody Brown wanted out of his maybe letter. Maybe though, team. like that's not or is that a hundred percent for sure? That's exactly. I mean, he didn't go out and set publicly make an announcement but it right. did say free me the same thing that dylan brooks would so again yeah. it is what it is yeah 
Um, you'd think for Cody Brown, looking at a guy who averaged you know 250 yards of um, offense as an uh, offense coordinator, uh, 250, 250 yard, 250 rushing yards, excuse me, you'd think you'd want to play for him. Um, but you know, it's not the guy who recruited you, so you got to understand it to an extent. Yeah, yeah. you got to understand it to an extent. And and you can't just like keep them in it. Like if they don't want to be here, they don't want to be here. Like, it, yep, just let them out of it, 100%. move on. Whatever. 100%. Um, we did get a question. You may know the answer right off the top of your head. How many uh, players does UT have in the portal right now? I think 23. Mm. Around that number. That's Something a lot. Like that. It feels like a lot. Maybe it's not, but it feels like a lot. Yeah, it does feel like a lot. I don't know what the national average is. I mean, th- this is like a, a timing thing, too. It's just like the transfer portal is huge right now. Like, it's the cool thing to do, just go into the transfer portal. Yeah. And then you have a head coach that, you know, the players – Say what you want about Jeremy Pruitt, but the players liked him. Right. Um, And so they're moving on. So it was just a bad timing for Tennessee to go through a coaching search um, in a COVID year or after a COVID year. And then uh, the transfer portal is just more hip than TikTok right now. So Yeah. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) I'm on TikTok a lot. Should I try out the transfer portal? You should. Yeah. Okay. Let's Or the NFL transfer portal. Draft portal. draft portal. Draft it's a draft portal, portal Landon. Mm. <laughs> right. I'll have to get on that. That's a new one for me, so I'll have to get on that. <laughs> That's a, yeah, we need to try that out. Um, any other team news for us? That's all I got. Um, I'm just on wait and see mode. I'm That's just kinda, fine, yeah, why not? I'm just kind of sitting back, relaxing, see what happens. It is what it is. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. We want the NCB better. <laughs> All we can I don't do know is, how much, like, all we can do it, is hope. It could be worse, but, like, how much worse could it really be? Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. I don't want to talk about that. Positive, positive mindset. Positive, gotcha. Gotcha. positive mindset. Gotcha. All right. Uh, that, is, that is all the team news we've got. We're going to get uh, Mike Wilson from the Knoxville, Knoxville News Sentinel on. Excuse me. Just a moment here. Mike, how are you doing, man? Doing well. How are you guys? Good. Doing well, Mike. Is great to have you on. Appreciate you hopping on with us. Um, let's get right into it. So you've been full force in this coaching search. We just got done talking a little bit about Josh Heupel and kind of our expectations, thoughts on it. So, what is your initial thoughts as of right now with the coaching search and then the hiring of Josh Heupel? Yeah, you know, I think I went through phases. Uh, specifically when it came to Josh Heupel and his hire. Um, initially, my reaction was laughing that Tennessee paid a search firm <laughs> to hire a guy that they could have texted on the first day and hired um, because that's just kind of my sense of humor. Um, <laughs> second reaction was kind of, well, this is uninspiring for, for an AD that's known for inspiring hires. But my third reaction has been more of the positive variety, which is, I don't know what Josh Heupel is going to do on the field anytime soon, but I think just having a different presence in that football facility and just a more level, I don't know if reasonable is the right word. I don't know that Jeremy Pruitt was unreasonable exactly, but just having a fresh new perspective inside that building, I think it's going to be a really wonderful thing for Tennessee football in the long term. Yeah, it kind of gives you hope a little bit. Uh, again, I kind of mentioned I'm on wait and see mode, just with everything. Um, 
But we'll see. I mean, I, I said a second ago, I don't know if it can get that much worse. Um, I kind of knock on wood with that. But in your opinion, what does what does hype will have to do um, in, in year one to maybe show some success? Man, just score the ball. Uh, I mean, and that's obviously what he was brought in to do here. Right. Um, and that's what he's, he's known for doing. But, I mean, Josh, w- when's the last time that Tennessee had a team that could reliably score the football? 2016, maybe? I mean, that's first half of 2016, yeah, perhaps. I was about to say. <laughs> you you got to remember the Ohio game and the App State game, actually. Yeah, it was pretty – there were some ugly games so kind of sprinkled in there as well. <laughs> yeah, so reliably might even go all the way back to 2015 at that point. It's been – Five years or so since a Tennessee team you could count on to score the ball. So to, to me, just having a competent offense, one that can at least make you competitive in games just because other teams are going to have to put up a lot of points to beat you, and maybe they will, but just at least giving your team a fighting chance because last year they averaged, what, 20 points a game and they're giving up 30 a game? You're not going to win anything doing that. Correct. So, so to me, the biggest thing for Josh Heupel is just show that you can put together a team that can score the ball because they were Jerry Pruitt staff recruited enough offensive weapons to do it. I mean, everyone you guys probably talked about at length was those freshman wide receivers last year, and the only one who contributed was Jalen Hyatt. So I mean, Josh Josh Heupel's coming in here, and he's a guy who should be able to use some of the weapons that are here. Yeah, and that and, that, and that's I think the the biggest thing. I think fans will be. I mean, you're upset if you lose fifty to forty eight, um, but you're a lot more upset when you lose fifty to to twenty one. Um, a lot of those losses that you you saw this year by double digits, uh, it's definitely gonna. You talked about it being refreshing, um, and it, with that, with that sentiment around the 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 program, why why did it? I mean, it's just three years with Jeremy Pruitt, and what was it? F- five months ago, Tennessee was on an eight game winning streak. How did it go south so quickly? It seemed like you had a fresh start from the Butch Jones era. Just like I mean, and you did very very recently. What caused the the turn where you needed a refresher very quickly? Man, isn't that wild to think about? I mean, the the winning streak going to the year, contract extension two days before the season. Like it's there's just some mind blowing elements to that. But um, you, you look back to me at that that halftime at Georgia, where you know Tennessee, I think they were two and zero going to Georgia mm-hmm. that week, played darn well in that first half had obviously the big defensive touchdown jg made a couple big passes but after that week i i don't know what happened something something happened inside that building where i don't know if people gave up i don't know if players weren't interested i i don't know what happened um, and i'm not sure we'll ever fully know what what happened to that team but they never looked competitive again um and i mean that, that first half team at georgia in the first two weeks was a competitive, hard-fought team, and, and you just never saw that um, the rest of the season. So to me, that's where it went south. I'm not going to sit here and, and lob out the belief that Jeremy Pruitt lost that locker room because I don't know if that happened or did not happen. The only people who can answer that are obviously in that locker room or formerly in that locker room. But the product on the field didn't look interested in being there. Um, the coaches, I don't know, they looked in, if they looked interested in having – the, the time and development to, to have a good team. And that to me is where everything went south. Um, I, I think that's the start of it. Obviously it trickles into the investigation element at, at which point, 
I mean, let's call it what it is. Jeremy Pruitt was hamstrung as of the last week of December, even if Tennessee brought him back. Uh, I mean, there's you got a, a coach sitting there waiting to be right. let go uh, at that point. But, yeah, to me it was kind of that week after Georgia. Everything changed then. I mean, because what, they lost to Kentucky by 27 the week after that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that's just – that can't happen. Uh, and, and it did, and then it kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. So – you're you're in the the press conferences and you you do the media stuff with, um, you know, head coaches and things like that. So with Jeremy Pruitt, did he just not seem like a totally different person this season, um, in terms of just speaking with the media? You know, Jeremy Pruitt's an interesting case to me when it comes to the media, because. <laughs> A lot of football coaches don't like doing media. I mean, I understand that as a member of the media. A lot, right. a lot of these guys, and Jeremy Pruitt is firmly in this camp, they just want to coach football. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of it's fluff. Right. Uh, I mean, the media duties, which, you know, are a job requirement, you're paid very handsomely to talk to idiots like me for roughly an hour a week. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's part, of your, part of your job. Um, but most of these guys don't want to do that. Right. They, they just want to coach ball, and that's Jeremy Pruitt. I actually thought he, from the start of his tenure through probably the middle of this season, grew immensely when it came to dealing with the media. But then the back half of the season, he got real prickly. Uh, I mean, uh, my coworker, Blake Topmeyer, there, I can't remember which game it was, but, but Jeremy Pruitt made some comment like, well, I'm not sure how much you know about football, Blake, but there's inside leverage and outside leverage. <laughs> and a- any time a coach starts taking digs like that, Yep. they're losing steam and that's kind of a telltale sign if you're kind of taking digs at the media like that so he was interesting to deal with man like just a, a really different um different guy like I, i've dealt with those guys who don't don't really care to do the media stuff but there's a difference between not liking it and just kind of being a jerk about it at points and i thought jeremy leaned that way a little bit late in the year yeah i, I... You mentioned that the digs. I, I've, I've been saying this probably since about that moment. I, I don't remember if that was the first dig or not at the media. Um, but it's funny that coaches never will win jobs in in the media room, but they will lose them very, very often. Um, just that some of the stuff that they say or don't say, um, it can cost them with the fans, and um, that can turn to what it did this year and uh, end up losing them jobs. Because once fans are fed up and you say something dumb – they will turn on you very, very quickly. Um, so with that, with the hypo thing, um, again, I don't think coaches can win jobs in the uh, in press conferences. But as far as his first one goes, because poor guy couldn't even get off the plane um, before a lot of fans were upset with it. Um, day one, do you feel? Did you feel better about it than um, did anything he said change your mind? Um, you know, my initial reaction kind of remained the same. Um... I mean, he, he seemed excited to be up there. It's obviously a good thing. Um, I think what's always interesting about those introductory press conferences is everyone wants to say we're going to win now, and I just wish people would never say that, um, I, especially looking at obviously where Tennessee is, uh, both from a talent perspective, a schedule perspective, and a, an investigation perspective. It's, it's bold to sit there and, and promise win now, but I thought he handled the moment well. Um, I thought he showed – a little bit of personality. I mean, he's not doesn't come off to me as a guy who wants to to have bravado in, in that moment. Uh, I didn't see much of that, but 
in a way that's refreshing. Uh, just kind of a, a level dude who, I mean, it, you, you guys watched it. I'm sure the whole thing, he mm. seems like a normal dude uh, up there that just happens to coach football, which I think that's nice. I think that becomes relatable to a fan base. Um, I also think that if you lose too many games, that's the thing that makes the fan base mad. Um, but for now, I, I thought it was a good start. Uh, and, and I think what he said at the basketball game last night against Kansas was good too. So seems to be ingratiating himself well so far. Yeah, I was I was kind of pleased with that because I had read something right before the press conference that said that he hates the like he does not like doing the media stuff and he really struggles in doing that. And I haven't seen a press conference before then to really know how he was gonna be. But from like hearing that and then seeing him at the press conference, I'm I'm kind of with you, Mike. I I really feel like he wanted this job like it, at least it seemed like it um and it was kind of refreshing that he did handle himself pretty well did we lose you mike oh sorry no, no. i'm back yeah, you're good I, okay. I think <laughs> awesome is, you're good I, uh, <laughs> but yeah i was just saying that he, he it was refreshing that he he did seem that he wanted this job. He wanted the challenge. And, you know, I read something previously that he was terrible with the media and didn't like doing it. And it just, I just didn't get that vibe from him. So that was refreshing to me. Um, but let, let's, let's get off football a little bit because football, it is what it is. It's kind of a wait and see. You got one more question? I got, I got one more to kind okay. of get, I want to get your opinion okay. on because I think it's been the, uh, it's, you know, some people have asked questions. I've seen it talked about quite a bit. Uh, the first thing, um, Danny White kind of mentioned about the coaching search is that he uh, he wanted to speak with the players and get their input and kind of what they looked for and uh, in a coach and what was going right and what was going wrong. Um, obviously, you saw a bunch of social media posts from players. They seemed pretty excited about it. Um, do you have a feeling kind of around the program where players kind of landed on it? Obviously, it seems like they wanted an offensive guy from, from everything happening. Um, if you had to try and get in the player's mind – rate this higher where do you think it stands for them because unfortunately the portal's heavy uh it's not obviously josh heupel's fault but um it's certainly his problem now to deal with yeah there's a lot of portal guys there that that that's a reality um you know we, we haven't had a chance to be around or talk to any of the players since then but the social media reaction does seem positive and and i did think you know you touched on danny white's comments i thought that was really interesting out of all of this is what he conveyed is, you know, that offensive mentality. Like, that's these guys wanted someone to come in here with some offensive juice, offensive swagger, and I don't blame them. Right. I mean, most of these guys in this roster have been here only through the Jeremy Pruitt tenure or barely into the Butch Jones tenure. So they've never had that, that big-time, high-flying, high-powered offense, but they've gotten to see some of it torching them over the last few years. So I don't blame them for wanting that. Um, and I think that's an exciting thing. I mean – Bayless Jones had some good reaction, I thought, on Twitter. I thought Jalen Hyatt was in that, that camp, too. I mean, and those are two of the guys that should benefit the most from this hire. Um, so I'm not surprised to see, see guys like that who are obviously underutilized playmakers uh, last year in Jim Chaney's offense get a chance to get in here and play for a guy who's going to find a way to get the ball to speed and to playmakers. So I'm sure they're jazz. I'm sure they'll be more jazz once the season gets closer and they'll they'll really get to play some football offensively. All right, basketball. So Tennessee got a huge win last night over number fifteen Kansas. 
where did that scoring at? I wish I could tell you that. <laughs> I mean, that, that that is such a good – because obviously for the past two weeks, to me, I thought this was the most dominant game they played since the Missouri game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the SEC opener, they won by 20. The, the scoring thing was, was pretty sweet to, to watch. I mean, just because this is a team that's been – to be honest, I went to Thompson Bowling Arena last night expecting like a 50-47 to 47 just bludgeoner game, and I was not really looking forward to watching <laughs> that basketball game again. Um, so see, seeing some shots fall was so big for that team. Um, I thought Josiah James shooting it well was a big part of that. But I think the most important thing that, that everyone has noticed the last three games is Epon. Uh, I mean, he is scoring and doing it capably, confidently, decisively. I mean, that – I got one thing really, really wrong about this team going into this year. I didn't put Epons on either of my preseason All-SEC teams because I thought with as many ball-dominant guards as this team has and with John Fulkerson coming back, that Epons would be the guy who lost out offensively and wouldn't get as many shots. I, 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 mean, I couldn't have been more wrong on that. His <laughs> offensive game is at such a different level. And to me, Tennessee's offense improved so much when Epons is scoring because you saw it last night with um, – Jaden Spring went under the hoop, swung it out to Eve, passed to VJ Bailey, swung it back to Eve. Eve faked the three, drawing two defenders, and then drove in for an easy bucket. Like, when he can hit those threes, teams respect him so much, and that opens up everything for Tennessee. Yeah, I think he's finally, like, there was twice last night where he pump faked and then shot it again. Um, he loves doing that. But then the last time, I think he actually he didn't pump fake and, and just shot it. So, I think he's becoming more comfortable within this offense too, and I loved like just what like him and Fulgerson. I don't think they've been the same offensively. Like in term, like it seems like one of them's on and one of them's off. Um, well, last night they they were kind of both on, so it was just really nice to see both those seniors kind of be in their their own element. Um, but we've debated on the show who's Tennessee's best player. And I don't know if you have a great answer for that. You, you have to you have to pick one though, Mike. Yeah, That's the thing. We've yeah. we've had to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> so so after last night, and it might be Eve's Ponds. I mean, he's he's becoming yeah. probably. I mean, offensively and defensively, it'd be hard to to go against them. So who do you think's Tennessee's best player up to this point? How do we define best? Most important? Or like yeah, let, let's go. Let's go MVP. Win? Let's do that. Ooh. I do think the MVP is Eve Pond mm-hmm. um, because of what he does on both ends of the floor. But that's also a recency answer because he's played such good basketball for three straight games. Right. But re- really, to me, and I, I think this is slightly a cop-out answer because Tennessee hasn't lost with him, Jaden Springer, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just the, the way that he changes what Tennessee's able to do, the way that he works through the different team when he's on the court. I mean, his ability to distribute the ball, finish in the lane, what he does really changes Tennessee. Um, and that is, that is so important. But MVP is Eve Pons right now. Um, but what's kind of maybe a beautiful thing about this team is, in a week, I could probably give you a different answer on mm-hmm. it. And a week after that, probably the same thing. And that's not a bad thing for Tennessee. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's Eve. I'm going to go with Eve Pons. Totally, that's a totally fair answer. I, I understand that. Um, I, and I, I'm i not willing to call him my MVP, but I do want to get a take on this guy because um, he was last year, um, and then this year has struggled. 
um, maybe due to some being banged up a little bit potentially. And that's, that's John Fulkerson. Um, I think he is, um, he's almost mm-hmm. like, while he might not be the most important part, it's, it's almost like he connects a lot of parts. Um, when he's on, it seems like the team's on. And when he's off, it, it seems like the team just can't get going for whatever reason. He's on last night, um, and obviously the team finds a ton of success. And, maybe you know, not necessarily through him, but uh, whatever he – he seems like the driving force at times. Um, did he benefit from Kansas not being a very big team anymore? Um, or is he able to kind of continue that, that success going forward? I totally agree with what you guys said there. And I think what's been puzzling about this team probably more than anything is John Fulkerson because, and to basically paraphrase Rick Barnes, the reason Tennessee was picked to to win the SEC by a lot of people was really because of Eve Pons and John Fulkerson. Mm -hmm. Well, Eve Pons lately has shown why that is, but John Fulkerson really hasn't until last night against Kansas. Um, And, you know, Kansas is a little bit smaller except for David McCormick. But Fulkerson had no problem dealing with McCormick, which I thought was a really welcome sign um, because it seems like he's been pushed around a little bit more this year, um, which I don't know if that's injury. I don't know if that's to know really what's behind that. Um, My my wonder has always been how much that has to do with, again, just Tennessee having so many more ball-dominant guards that, that he doesn't necessarily get the ball as often as he did last year. But Tennessee should be giving him the ball as often as it possibly can because he does such a good job passing, moving the ball around. So I'm curious to see how he continues to go. Ole Miss has some good bigs, and they're a very good defensive team too that that Tennessee will play Tuesday. Uh, So that'll be another good indication of if John Fulkerson is going to keep it going. Another guy that I was kind of – and I want to get your take on, on this guy as well. He's probably the most underrated player on this team. And that's just Cy Jordan. Well, he doesn't do any anything like necessarily great, but he does everything pretty well. Um, and and he, it just seems like like I think he's second in rebounds, um, fourth in points, like second in assists. It, it just seems to kind of fill the stat sheet up being a facilitator. Could he be that SEC six man of the year? Could he be a candidate for that? Man, if he starts coming off the bench like he, he did against Kansas, certainly you'd think he gets in the mix for that in the back half of the conference slate. Um, but, yeah, to- Josiah, to me, going into this season, it is this team's X factor, was at that point, I, I think he still is. Right. Um, the biggest thing to me is his shot change. I mean, he is, mm-hmm. I think his percentage is down from last year from, uh, from three, but his yeah. shot looks so much better than it did a year ago. I mean, it's quick, it's compact, um, and, and he's shooting it pretty well most of the time, despite this recent slump he was in until till, uh, the Kansas game. But, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Man. I mean, that's, he rebounds, he passes, he scores. He, he does all of that stuff. And, and when he's playing well and doing all those things, I mean, Tennessee is such a better team for it. Um, and he's not a guy that has to score 20 points a game. I don't know what his career high is, but it's probably in the teens, uh, the mid-teens. Um, yeah, he's shooting the ball well, but 11 rebounds against Kansas, I thought that set the tone because he's not the leading rebounder, but I would contest that he might be the best rebounder um, on the team anyway um, just because of the way that he goes and gets it and gets up over people. And pretty good defensively too. So, yeah, he, he's underrated, uh, I think, outside of the Knoxville area. People might not know what he's doing, but he's a really important player and a really good part of this team. Absolutely. We hope Tennessee kind of continues this streak a little bit um, against Ole Miss on Tuesday night. 
Mike's a big baseball guy. Um, so let, let's talk big some baseball guy. <laughs> big baseball guy. So let, let's talk some Tennessee baseball. What is your expectations? Um, kind of don't really know anything about this team other than a couple players from last year, but essentially it's going to be a completely different really seen other than 17 games last year. So wh- who, what, what's kind of your expectation? Tony Vitello. I think this team's deep, uh, especially offensively. Um, the, the pitching staff's going to be interesting because obviously there's no Garrett Crochet, uh, so you don't really have that, that go-to ace. But they, they bring a lot of guys back. But dude, Max Ferguson might be one of the better players in the country that not enough people know about just because he was hurt for half his freshman year and obviously COVID ended the season early last year. Um, but they've got dudes. I mean, and, and they've got dudes in the infield and outfield that, that I think are going to play well. Um, you know, Jordan Beck obviously is a guy, big bat that, that started to have some moments last year. That um, I think they really need to step in to be the Alert Solari kind of in terms of just a, a guy who can really slug it. But yeah, I think they got some excitement over there at Lindsey Nelson. It should be really fun. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what this team looks like. I, I've actually talked with Coach Kiv a little bit uh, about the bats. Um, and you lose guys like Zach Daniels and, and Al Solari and, and the draft, mm-hmm. but you also have, like you said, Jordan Beck, who didn't make a, a ton of impact last season, but is still going to probably step in and, and kind of make up for um, losing some of those guys. So pitching staff, who's a guy that you kind of really want to see kind of take over that ace position? Um, is it Jackson Leith? Is it... Um, play last year that was from junior college. Who do you kind of see taking over that role? Yeah, I think Leith is certainly the, the headliner of that group. But what's so interesting with him is what role is he going to take on? Because I think as long as outing last year was 4-2, uh, he, he's just got such a power arm that you can use him in a lot of different roles, a lot of different ways. I, I think he does have that potential to be, be a weekend starter. Rackers coming off Tommy John is in that mix. Sean Hunley's in that mix. Chad Dallas uh, stepped in as the, the Friday night guy early in the year when Garrett Crochet was out with some shoulder stuff, uh, and, and he performed well. So they've got options. They just don't really have the guy. But mm-hmm. I think kind of maybe X-Factor or, or possible guy that takes a leap is Elijah Pleasant, uh, who's been a midweek guy throughout his career. But I saw him throw back in the fall, and, and he's looked more filled out. Uh, he's a long, lanky guy, but – looks more like he might be ready to make an impact and and that would be welcome uh, for for a team that I think needs to to kind of figure out who those weekend starters are uh, but they certainly have some options to do it I also think true freshman Blade Tidwell probably has a chance to to yeah. if if not be a um weekend starter I think maybe toward the end of the season he will get a shot to um really see what he can do against that that SEC schedule um, what do you think is so – like, this team before Tony Vitello got there was just not competitive for whatever reason. What do you think has got on, you know, one of the best teams in the SEC, which it seems in the SEC are pretty much one of the best teams in the country. What do you think has been the key to just, like, this overhaul and, and just getting back to, to being competitive? Man, that's all about Tony Vitello. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's his personality. Um, he, he is just a competitive, wild dude in there, and and these players love it. Uh, I think that's what you see is that it's just his energy and his attitude and, and his commitment to this all. 
uh, and that's really built this thing fast because he recruits, he recruits hard, uh, and he's going out and getting guys. Uh, so obviously the talent level has changed a lot. Uh, I mean, they've got so many starting infielders on this team. It's kind of wild when you think of like Jake Rucker, Liam Spence, uh, Ortega, who was out last year injured. So they've stocked, stocked up with talent, but I think it's just the energy of the program uh, and the attitude of the program. Um, that's really what speaks to what Tennessee baseball can be. And that's all about Tony Vitello. Um, I mean, just his competitiveness and his nature and his attitude toward everything. That, that's what's really turned this around so quickly. Yeah, he's definitely not a guy how much they know about baseball. So that's that's positive. <laughs> that is very accurate. That is very accurate, yeah. But yeah, well, I'm super excited to see kind of where this team's at. Mike, we really appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do this again soon. I'm sure we'll see you a ton during baseball season. We'll be over there a ton. Um, hopefully this, this team has – Big goals, and, and we'll actually get to play those goals out um, come this season. Hopefully we don't have to end it because I'm, I'm pretty confident that team was – if they weren't going to make it to o- Omaha, they're going to – somebody somebody's going to barely squeak by to, to get past that team. This story recently or might be coming out uh, soon. I can't remember which one. One of our guys in Nashville put it together. But basically saying what, what did uh, – the state of Tennessee miss out on last season when COVID shut down sports and Tennessee baseball was, was my piece of that was yeah. that, that team certainly had the best shot since 2005 to go to Omaha. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they certainly would have been in that mix. So yeah, very curious to see what that team can do once the season rolls around in a few weeks here. Right. That's Tennessee though. It is what it is. Um, Mike, we're, like I said, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely try to do this again soon. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you ha- you have great coaches, and hopefully Josh Heupel isn't going to call you guys out no more in the media. <laughs> I just, I hopefully he's nice, so it's at least a start. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We appreciate it, Mike. Cool. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, have a good night. That was uh, Mike Wilson from the Knox New Sentinel. Great having him on, um, getting a lot of his thoughts. He he does a great job covering the team, um, covering Tennessee athletics in general. Uh, so it was wonderful to get his his uh, thoughts about the hire. Um, like he said, unfortunately they're not. You know they haven't even spoken to the gotten to talk to any players since then. Nothing's really been going on. Um, they should be back though soon. But regardless, great to get his um, his uh, thoughts and input. Um, we'll have him, we'll have him back on soon. We appreciate yeah, you want to get some on. questions real quick. Before yeah, let's get basketball. some of those. Um, so we have Christopher Nichols says, do you think Heupel will be able to land any more recruits on the February signing date? I don't know. It's going to be, t- I mean, we talked about with Todd Simpson, like when you came in, it's going to be tough to do. Yeah, I agree. I just think with that, I mean, it would have to be an offensive guy. If it is, I don't think you're going to get any defensive guys um, on national signing day without a defensive staff. Whatsoever. Right. And then uh, he also asked, who are the basketballs? It's a good question. Are they the team that went out and stomped Kansas or the team that laid an egg against Bama, Florida, Mizzou, or somewhere in between? I mean, I, I'll kind of let you go first. I, I'm kind of in that boat is to be determined. It's, I mean, that's certainly to be determined, but um, I'll tell you my thoughts. And, uh, you know, some people may say it's the, you know, you can see the Tennessee fan in you when you, when you say it. But um, I, think this, I think this team is the team that took it to Kansas. Okay. John Fulkerson. John Fulkerson is, and and Eve's Ponds are all SEC guys. Just put it out there, man. Jaden Springer it. and Keon Johnson 
are legit five-star, one-and-dones, potential first-rounders. You've got Viscovi, who is, can be an excellent supporting cast. Josiah Jordan-James, who, in, you know, what Mike Wilson just said about him, and, of course, what we think about him, I mean, he has got to be one of the better hidden gems of college basketball. Oh, 100%. Victor Bailey Jr. hasn't played great, but, man, had 11 points last night. He might be coming on. Olivier Kumwa. Finally starting to maybe get a little bit more comfortable. Be yeah, a little he, bit he more did, physical. He didn't like. He he didn't look like a total liability when he. I'll, t- I'll tell you this: side. no matter how good Kansas is, nobody's going to go in there and be able to just push him around, move him around, grab rebounds, and score points. Yep. And while Olivier Kumwa didn't just have you know have his way with him, he was able to move guys around. Whether it be him getting rebounds or another teammate, he was able to go body on body, got a couple points inside, and earned points. He might be getting more comfortable. And and I think everybody like you could see that last night. Everybody's getting more comfortable. The fr- not just the freshmen, but it seemed like John Fulgerson was actually John Fulgerson last yep. night. Um, so I, I I'm leaning toward that way too. But I want to see how how we handle Ole Miss on Tuesday and, before and I, th- I really give a, a certain. And I think that's a I think that's a big. I mean that's so. What I should say is I agree with you. You got to really wait and see. But I think Tennessee should be playing to that level. Oh, I yeah, think absolutely. that's Tennessee's level. Anything. No, I'm not talking like a 19-point win. the best I, is a felony? Yeah, I'm not talking about a 19, you know, they should be beating Kansas like fifth, number 15 teams by 19 points. That's not what I mean. But they should be shooting the ball better. 61% from three, I'll, they can drop that a little bit. Yeah. But they should be shooting the ball better. They should be, you know, aggressive going to the hole. They should have guys getting close to double, you know. Um, they should be out-rebounding teams. Yeah. That should be who this Tennessee team is. That's to be determined, but that's that should be who they are. That Kansas, I don't think that Kansas game was not, you know, and you know, just a, I don't, I don't think it was an anomaly on the for talent's sake. I think that that's your talent. Mm-hmm. Can they play to that level every night? That's to be determined. And then we got Patrick Eady asked transfers we're looking at and members of his staff that's possibly coming here. I think transfers. I think that's gonna. And we could kind of get a feel with Jeremy Pruitt when they hired Kevin Steele that, you know, they're going to try to get Big Cat Bryant, but mm-hmm. apparently that's not so anymore. Right. He, he's rumored to go to Oklahoma. So I don't know about transfers. You know, hopefully you see some soon because that'd be nice. Right. But I think you you have until like spring practice, like after spring practice when you'll re- probably really start seeing us add some more. There's also not coaches in here to recruit currently. Exactly. So that, that puts a little uh, wrench in it. But as far as guys that he's hired, um, I don't think this is, again, it's not official, but these are the, or said that they're here in Knoxville right. is uh, Joey Hazel. He was at Oklahoma. Um, he's also at Utah state and Missouri with Heupel. Uh The O-line coach, Glenn Ellerby. Um, I think he was also the co-offensive um, coordinator. No, Golish was the offensive coordinator. Um, Ellerby was at Mizzou mm-hmm. with him, also played at MTSU. Uh, the tight end coach, Alex Golish, was uh, at Iowa State and Illinois before um, going to UCF. So those are the guys that he's, I mean, basically his offensive staff. Right. Which, which it makes sense right. for who he is, yeah. And – Jim Chaney was always going to leave. Chris Winkie was always – even if Pruitt probably would have been here, Chris Winkie was gone. I hope so. <laughs> um, and then if Josh Heupel's calling his own plays, Jim Chaney's not going to be here. Right. 
Correct. We're paying a lot of money. And, you know, like Mike Wilson said, I don't know why he hired a search firm. Right. Um, but Tennessee just has money to spend, I guess. They you gotta spend to spend it. it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you gotta spend it. All right. They think it's time out. They think they can't yeah, take can't it take half time. <laughs> yeah. Can't take them half time. All right, I'm going to let you uh, get that hat on real quick while we uh, flip over. Let's flip the script over. Kansas. Speaking and of I, and I know we the got script. To, right. Well, <laughs> we got to talk a lot about this with, with Mike Wilson. Um, so there's not a, a ton left to say, but we do got to talk about it because Landon's got to put the victory cap on. Absolutely. So we got to talk about it. Um, man, just to what a great way to – I mean, what, what a great way to kind of get back on track. It would have been nice to kind of see that against Mississippi State rather than easing into it, but – a win is a win. So, you, you know, you you won, got off that skid, and then you get a big win over number 15, uh, Kansas. Um, I Please let this carry over to Ole Miss on Tuesday night. Please yeah. let this carry over because don't waste this momentum. I, I don't think it's just shooting for this team. I think it's also, you know, rebounding. Um, I, I think it's also assist. I don't think it's just because they shot well they played that well. I hope not. Because you're not going to shoot that well all the time. Right. So I really hope that it's more than just that. They did get to see some shots fall early, and that always helps. Um, but that's not going to be the case every night. If, if your shooting's going to carry you the whole way, you're, you're not going to win. Um, you're not going to win a ton in March. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna, I, Well, you're gonna you're not going to get a chance to play a ton in March. <laughs> like, like Kansas lost three in a row up until they lost to – or up until they beat – TCU on, on Thursday. But this team wasn't getting blown out by Baylor and Oklahoma. They lost to Baylor by eight, lost to Oklahoma by, um, I'm terrible at math, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not like you, you – like you beat a good basketball team. Right. They were talking on the bro- – bo- I can't even talk <laughs> – broadcast um, during the Oklahoma and Alabama game debating on if the Big 12 or Big 10 was the best team – best conference in basketball mm-hmm. and both of them agreed it was the big 12 with um you know kansas might not be the same kansas that we're used to but they're kansas but th- yeah they're still ba- a good basketball team um and the fact that you're able to get kind of over that hump a little bit because you've lost yeah. to him twice now to to do that and just dominate for 40 mm-hmm. minutes was awesome no i agree 100 percent, awesome agree uh, it's nice to see Fulkerson getting back in it. Um, Pons kind of continuing that sex, sex, whoa, um, success, sacks. <laughs> nice. That's what I meant. That sacks that he plays. Man, um, so much sacks. But uh, that success. And then, I mean, also, you know, even scoring quite a few points. Um, Jaden Springer scoring, uh, scoring a lot. And again, I think he's kind of that. It's hard, it's hard not to, uh, Mike Wilson mentioned this. It's hard to, to not say that he's the most valuable player. Tennessee's undefeated with him. Um, so it's definitely hard to leave him off that list. But a lot of guys that kind of um, – you have a ton of really talented and really, really important guys on this team that, that really kind of help this this train move. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see kind of on Tuesday night as they go to Ole Miss. But that's a big, big win against Kansas regardless. Um, SEC gets the gets the win in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Um, thanks to Mississippi State, not so much Tennessee. But Tennessee had to win too. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just a good win all around. Pons was perfect from the field in the first half. I want to men- mention Victor Bailey Jr. also. He didn't have any shots in the first half, but he had four assists. So, you know, it looks like this team is kind of forming to an actual team and not just like individuals right. just kind of sprinkled in there. Um, it just looks like, 
You know, you have Jaden Springer, who we thought was just like a, a really good offensive guy, and he is, but he's also fa- facilitating for others. Yeah. Um. You know, he, he Mike Wilson mentioned the the pass to to Pons mm-hmm. to score. Um. I mean, th- this team just seemed locked in last night, and, and they dominated the boards. Finally, let's do that every night. Good lord. Well, I mean, where where did that come from? Yeah. Because we haven't seen Kansas didn't have a single second chance point in the game. Right. Which. Maybe due to a little bit of lack of their effort too, but you had to you had to get the rebounds. Right. So. Yeah. So we I mean we won the rebounding by, by 15, 38, 23. I mean, we haven't done we haven't out That was good math. You said you were bad at math. You just yeah. rattled that one off. Yeah. I am I'm, I'm good <laughs> when I want to be, I guess. Um but man, Josiah Jordan James. He's a he just like every game, he's just so it just seems like he's very consistent. He's going to give you something yeah. in every statistical category. Yeah, and uh, it's funny that uh, you know earlier Mike Wilson mentioned the the shot. It was, whew, I remember that first time he he shot in Thompson Bowling Arena. I was like, oh man, <laughs> that's going to take some time. Um, but man, it looks so much Straight better. I I would have lost that trivia if you had asked me whether Josiah Jordan James' percentage was better this year than last. year. I would have lost. I would have said it had to be this year. Yeah, it had to be. Hopefully that now that's changing. Uh, maybe this, you know shots are falling for him now, so you might trust that that uh what he's been working on a little bit more and, and maybe those shots fall um since he did shoot a little bit better last night and um we'll see we'll see yep no another thing tennessee 16 for 17 from the free throw line gotta make free throws yeah i mean look at kansas they they lost they left seven points on the board yep doing that again math <laughs> um and you got you got some good minutes from kumwa i mean yeah. it, it wasn't like there were some shots i'm like man why are you shooting that but you know he made some i was man. like I was like, oh, oh, yeah, good, you made it, great. Yep. Um, I mean, he he had some some good minutes. He played 15 minutes. EJ Anasiki didn't touch the floor last right. night. Um, and I'd say if Kumo wasn't playing well, you'd probably see EJ Anasiki. Kumo's playing good. Why go away from him? Because it's not like EJ Anasiki solidified himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if you tell me next game, uh, Kumo doesn't play and Anasiki plays, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And when, or, when sorry, Kumar doesn't play a lot. I when say. John Forberson is playing the way he is, there's no need because I think you're getting more rebounding from Josiah Jordan James than you are Kumar and Asiki. Yeah. So you go to him at the four, That's or, or even Keon Johnson. Yeah, one of those guys. They're both athletic enough where they're not going to get dominated in the post. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, you ready to flip to Ole Miss? Ole Piss. <laughs> Let's do it. Tuesday night. That is a. Six. I'm trying to pull it up right now. I'm loading, loading. The last four night, we, oh, I was like, it said four for a second. It must have been to seven. West Pacific. Way I don't west. know why <laughs> it has me on the West Coast right now, but um, nice. Where you? Oh, going? it's Auburn four four p.m. That's where it showed. Okay. Um, so seven p.m. Tuesday night, ESPN two, Tennessee is at Ole Miss. A little road game, traveling. Ole Miss not a great basketball team in a um bad stretch of games right now they dropped their second one to georgia on saturday this one not as close as the first attempt um i i do think i i do think this is a feisty old miss team that can present some trouble for you yeah um it, it mixed with being on a tuesday night uh they they definitely are feisty and then I, I you mentioned it they really only have one good player um and I think that one consistently good player, but he's aggressive. He goes to the rim. Um, he gives Ole Miss a lot of good opportunities to score points. Um, and Devon, I mean, and it's annoying to watch Devontae Shuler play basketball um, because 
He scores probably a lot of points that you feel like he should. But he scores. He's aggressive. He goes to the hole. Yeah, I just think this is a good matchup for Tennessee. Yeah, I don't. Ole Miss doesn't have. They have a six eight and another six eight forward. So I mean, they're not going to dominate you with size. I think Tennessee will match up well. Hopefully, Fulkerson plays the way that he did get right. against Kansas, where he just himself he gets the ball and he does a little sky hook. Um, <laughs> also gets to the free throw line. You know, and it's just a pest. Like, yeah. you know, flipping the ball back when somebody's boxing him out, he flips the ball right. back. I mean, just annoying the crap out of opposing posts. Um, I just thought he he answered the bell last night. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, I think this is a good matchup for Tennessee. Devontae Shuler is kind of like their only like real threat in, into beating you. If you let him go off for thirty, I mean, obviously they're going to have a chance. To, yeah. But I think with Tennessee's defense and the amount of guys that you can throw at him, like Pons, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, um, beside Jordan James, I think they'll be fine against this Ole Miss team. No, I, I agree. I yeah, I think this is a again. I think this is a game that Tennessee should win. And there's not a lot of. There's really not a ton on the schedule that Tennessee shouldn't win. Right. Um. So it's just kind of coming in here, taking care of business. Again, I think Ole Miss. A big thing going in, and this is the same thing can be said for every Tennessee game, but can they go in and be physical and out-rebound Ole Miss? Um, Ole Miss rebounds the ball probably about the same as Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but can you keep them from getting second-chance points? Um, you mentioned their size. They, they, shouldn't have, they don't have a ton of guys that should just out-rebound you and work you inside. Um, so can you – and I think this is where Kumoff, he does again what he did with Kansas – Go in and put body on body. It's going to earn you more playing time. Um, giving your guys chances, giving yourself chances to get rebounds. Uh, that's, I think, where you can really impose your will on this uh, this Ole Miss team. Yeah. And, and Tennessee's like – like our offense just haven't hasn't really been in like a rhythm until mm-hmm. last night. It just seemed like we were in more of a rhythm. And I think a lot of that had to do with we were just getting it to the post – yeah. Um. And then we we're getting it out if there was nothing there. Like we we weren't being selfish. Where at times you know Kumal got the ball and it was just like you know he wasn't gonna pass it. There were a couple times even with Fulkerson, love Fulkerson. There are a couple yeah. times you know he's getting the ball. You can it's like a look in his not even his eye because you can't camera's not on it. But you're like, I know that first move he made. He's yeah. shooting here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he um, could. He definitely seems like he could be a little more patient sometimes. But Tennessee got open shots and, and just made them. Yeah. Tennessee's had a lot of open shots in the past. You know, against Florida, against Missouri. Alabama and we right. just didn't make them. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, but ha- having that boost of of pawns offensively, I, I think that just helps take the pressure off everybody else trying to score yeah. the basketball. I agree. Agreed. Um, anything else for this old Miss game Tuesday night, seven p.m. Let's kill be it. there, be square. Let's get the victory cap back out. I would love to. It's uh, I want it, I want it to be looking old and worn after this season. Yeah, really would like for it to be old and worn. All right, In, uh, nothing else for basketball. Any more? Do we have any more questions, or do we we hit them all? Um, all those questions. Let me get back on on here. Drop them in if you've got them. I think I've gotten to most of them. We had some uh, maybe comments on their questions uh, while Mike Wilson was on. Um, again, appreciate him. Uh, a lot of fun there. Um, drop them if you've got them. I'm on YouTube. Landon's on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Mark Taylor asked about. Um, T. Martin and where he would go if he he wasn't on the staff. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like unless he just 
because he was at the Senior Bowl all week. Yeah. So I don't know if he's even had a conversation with Josh Heupel. Right. Um, so I think it'd be difficult to just kind of keep him, like like you mentioned, with the NCAA stuff. And where does he go from there? Who and, knows? I think he wants to be an OC somewhere. So. Right. Then he's not going to be the OC here. Um, and if he wanted the job as bad as, you know, Peerless Process tweet made it seem like he wanted it, um, I think he's – I think for his sake, he needs to go somewhere that he can either be a coordinator or try to go get a job at a smaller college um, with as a head coach because, I mean, that's – especially like Tennessee and what they needed. And I'm not saying like the 100% right answer was a guy like Josh Heupel who has head coaching experience – um, but I don't think it was a position coach guy. Um, no. And then, and unfortunately for T, because I don't, T may not have been involved at all. It doesn't seem like he was if he hadn't, if he wasn't fired with um, Felton and Edemeyer and those guys. But you were on the staff during what seemed to be some serious violations. Tough for them to just flat out trust you. And I mean, I can't entirely blame them. Yeah. And I'm not saying he did it, but it's like, I mean, if, if Phil Fulmer got caught up in it, I mean, T. Martin's probably going to get caught up in it. If we're just being 100% honest about the situation. Yeah. So. I just don't, like, getting the job, I just don't think he was considered, like, his resume just, Josh Heupel's resume is way better than T. Martin. There's nothing against T. Martin. Right. He just hasn't been a proven. He's not even been a coordinator. Yeah, been a proven coordinator. Right. To to really have a chance to get a head job. So, you know, if he wasn't the player he was at Tennessee, would he even, would people even be talking about it? Correct. Absolutely not. Yeah, correct. And, and could T. Could T. Martin have been the guy at Tennessee to to, to fix the program? Maybe. Um, but you know, another you know, if there was some, I don't know. I, I don't know the whole story. Um, I just know that I do know this. Tennessee fans, what you just mentioned, Tennessee fans would not be happy if T. Martin was hired and he hadn't played like and he wasn't a former player. Yeah. If you look at his resume, take out you know quarterback at Tennessee. You would have Tennessee fans would have been very very upset at that yeah, hire. So absolutely. let's just like it's not even it's not even worth like thinking about in terms of being mad. So. Yeah, I mean if he goes somewhere like what if he went to UCF? Yeah, I mean they they need a whole offensive staff. I mean if he went there and like built a program up like won football games, I don't like I wouldn't hate down the road if he's the the head coach. I just think for the the time being he just didn't have the resume to match up with. Even what being a candidate, yeah, what was needed, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree, I agree, and and, and typically I know the just to kind of hit on the resume. I mean, Sam Pittman never been a coordinator, obviously never been a head coach, and he's doing it at Arkansas. Um, but that's a guy too with a ton of SEC experience, uh, a little bit, little bit different than T. Martin. But I mean, I a lot of people didn't think the Sam Pittman hire was good, and it ended up working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, you get it. Yeah, and, and I mean, Arkansas is a completely different job than Tennessee. Right. Like, Tennessee would not have been okay with Sam Pittman being... And Sam Pittman also hasn't been a success. He's just doing good right now. Right. So, And he's got a... Like you said, he's been in the SEC. He's got a a lot of relationships with SEC guys that he can build a staff staff around. Yeah. 100%. Uh, 100%. Can Heupel... Can he build a staff to be determined? Is that a Butch Jones sign helmet? It is. Why did I just notice that? Uh, what are we gonna do with that? We should do something fun with it. I want to like have a reason to just like have like a like destroy it somehow. I feel like we could 
destroy it, maybe. But I feel like there could be something we do with it that would be funnier. Like, that could be your fantasy football trophy loser. Like, something like that. Like, that's what the loser has to put in their living room. Yeah. Something. I mean, it doesn't have to be that. Just, I think that would be a something along those lines. Destroy it's it. It's right there because I can't really see it when I that's sit fine. in the chair. Yeah, I understand. So I don't, don't want to look at it. The, no, you should keep it because I think we could find something creative to do with it that, you know, could um, make other people suffer. And that's fun. Okay. Um, yeah, the destroying it, obviously we get the satisfaction, but you only get like the couple minutes of satisfaction. I, I think we could get like, I think we could potentially get a lifetime of satisfa- satisfaction from it. Okay. Yeah. So like... What about at a, a tailgate, if you botch a shotgun, yeah, see, you have to exactly. carry that around yeah, <laughs> the I, whole time. We could somehow print it on like a full-size helmet, and you could have to wear the helmet after that. Like That hilarious. would be something. Um, you know, some of, you know, I got a pretty big head, so the helmet would probably not fit me anyways, but yeah. I think that would be a, a good option. That would option. be fun, yeah. Um, we, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think we could... We'll come up with something. We're pretty creative. Yeah, we could just make people suffer at our expense, and it would be fun. True, yeah. We've had to suffer Tennessee's expense for a while. Yeah. Tennessee's, we've suffered. I I don't know. You get it. This TV trade podcast lasted longer than Jeremy Pruitt. That's true. Way longer. I lived him. We were here before he arrived and (laughs) here long after. Yeah. So. Three head We know where the bodies are buried. That's stupid. Three? Um, Well, with Heupel. Yeah. Yeah. With Heupel. Someone counted Brady Hoke and they, I guess yeah I guess four. <laughs> well, they some well and uh, Kevin Steele. Yeah, five. five. So, oh, but that doesn't count. But Sad someone was like Tennessee's been through ten coaches in seven years. They counted Jim Chaney after Dilly was fired, um, Brady Hoke, and then Kevin Steele. I think I was like that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. And I I don't think they counted Kippy Brown when he was in or when Kiffin left. I was like, All right, are we so why, why do we leave that guy out? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, that's not how that works. Interims don't get counted. I'm, dis, I'm disappointed. Jim Chaney is 1-0, right? Jim Chaney is 1-0 as a head coach. <laughs> I'm disappointed that we didn't see the or the former fire Pruitt thing come to fruition, where he fires him and he becomes head coach. It just would have been, like, again, I root for chaos. That just would have been chaotic. It would have been fun. But not fun at the same time. Oh, it would have been miserable. But, like, <laughs> chaotically fun. We thrive oh, on chaos. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't happen too because that would just been the most Tennessee thing ever. It was a rumor going around for a while. I think like Pete Thamel put it out there, like when it first, when Fulmer first became the AD. Yeah, it was probably in a memo. It was, yeah, <laughs> definitely in a memo. Positive energy—that's what we need. Just positive, positive energy. Most important of the week. Most important. I got Aaron Rodgers. Got 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 a uh, got 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 got. He got got by Tom Brady out of the playoffs or Matt Lafleur, depending on how you look at it, um, or his own demise because he won't run the ball. It's up to you. Because um, we kind of argued about that last night uh, in our group text. Um, but he's enjoying the offseason life, cruising around in a GMC Sierra, maybe I don't know truck bed, just drinking a twenty-four pack of Bud Light in Green Bay. I like it. Live your best life. I love it. You should. I don't know why he was riding in a truck bed, but it's also... Yeah, isn't it freezing in Green Bay? I'm sure. Why? You respect it, though. 
Oh, yeah? It's I just like... I don't hate it. It's funny how much rednecks in the South and the North are the same people. But... Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a very Knoxville thing to see. Yeah, I see it every day. <laughs> every day? Nah, Where do you live? <laughs> not every day. <laughs> but, like, that's a normal... Like, it, it does seem... Like, you wouldn't be shocked. Like, right. you'd be like, that makes sense. Oh, it's just a dude. Like, I, I probably wouldn't post it on... Um, he didn't post it someone Snapchat because like it like oh. it is oh yeah like it's, it's common yeah it's common enough that yeah okay yeah. he didn't take the picture someone took the picture of him gotcha yeah yeah uh, my most important is the Tennessee Vols Tamari Key triple double against Florida today okay number twenty Lady Vols knocked off Florida seventy nine to sixty five. She had a triple-double, 23 points, 10 rebounds, and what was her last one? What'd you guess? I Steals. Blocks. Blocks. Okay. 10 blocks. Tennessee's building freaking... Tennessee Tennessee basketball between the men's and women's are going to build a hell of a lot better house than Butch Jones ever could. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's... Is, is it Josh Heupel? Did we just decide to score points? I think so. When, I, th- when I mean, he showed up? What's the what's the common denominator? Yeah, I think so. You got to give him credit where credits due. I uh, I think for I think we need to get a uh, wet floor sign for the studio. That's how the Lady Balls celebrate their wins. Um, yeah, that was terrible. That was one of the worst celebrations I've ever seen. No, have you not seen the original one? I saw where she came in. Yeah, just I think they were just trying to find stuff to throw around, and she found a wet floor sign. I mean, I, I like, like it. It's just like I like that, but no one else like really celebrated. They just like clapped and sat down. Oh, the one I saw, they were going nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't see that. And now it's like a thing. Now it's like every win, wet floor sign. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Like today, I don't know who it was. Came out of the locker room holding two. They doubled up. I love it. I'm a big wet floor sign guy. Bon Jovi, slippery when wet. I mean, at least they're clean. Like. It's clean. Yeah, yeah. COVID. Gotta, <laughs> yeah, I got Desanitize this place. Desanitize. You got to sanitize this place. Don't desanitize they it. They're hitting that it's mop in what there? trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the uh, the Slippery Wind Wet songs. Um, You got any more most important? I do. Matt Bowling. Uh, Georgia track runner. Mm-hmm. He was the guy, the white dude. Yeah, yeah. I know Matt okay. Bowling. Okay. Oh, I know Matt Bowling. Um, he, ran, bowling he ran a 20.5 in the 200 meter today and just dusted. Or, uh, Indoor, I, I assume? Yesterday. Yeah, just dusted everybody. That makes sense. Wasn't even close. Yeah, that makes sense. I love the video. I think it's just funny of when they're, like, it's a football team workout, Georgia football team workout, and they're racing the coaches, and mm-hmm. Kirby Smart was going to be the, the anchor. And uh, before it could get to him, they put in Matt Bowling. And so, obviously, the coaches are trailing by quite a bit, and he – comes in to anchor the race and it is i mean not even close just dusting them yeah love it it's insane like i mean i assume he would have been running in the olympics this year right surely i don't know what his times look like yeah i don't either um i was gonna look that just up today like, and i really couldn't find anything it just seems like the times he runs the, the videos he runs like the, the in high school like he they were not close yeah he was faster than anybody by a long shot and i can't imagine texas has like not a, I mean Texas has to have a pretty good track. Right. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Any more most important? 
Uh, I, I guess this, this could be most. Did you see Nick Saban's Zoom recruiting pitch? No. It's like a full video of it. Yeah, like he he's talking to this kid about how yeah people say you shouldn't go to Alabama because you won't see the field. Um, he, he's just like you're going against the best every single day. Yeah. And so yeah, he's just going on and on about why kids should go to Alabama, and it's just like number one, like why are you filming this? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Um. So the kid was filming it, I assume? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he's not going to get off a bow. That's like the first, yeah. That's, yeah. Nick Saban will not be happy with you, dog. Right. But he did make a good point. He was like, why would I be talking to you if I didn't think you could play here? Right. So that, man, was a good point. Good point. Um. So I looked up Matt Bowling's times. Okay. Um. He ran the, okay, so he's won four gold medals at the Pan American Pan American U twenty championships. Okay, he won four in twenty nineteen. It's pretty good, I guess. Um, he ran a ten, eleven, and I think one, hundred meter, and then a twenty three, two hundred meter, and one. Was that that wasn't at the? These are not very clear what race he's running, but he won with a twenty three, two hundred meter. Okay. That's pretty freaking fast. A I don't know. 20.3? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said 23. I'm like, that's no, not no, that fast. Sorry, 23. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what, like, the world, like, what they're at the Olympics they're averaging? Like, would he make the the United States Olympic team? Um, I don't, I don't know what they probably average either. I mean, he's going to be r- racing against, like, Christian Coleman. Right. Which I think Christian... Christian Coleman at the so the it's, NCAA championships, he'd be like right behind Christian Coleman with that time he ran in the indoor. Okay. Um so the Olympic record is nineteen three. So he'd shave that second. Yeah, yeah so he's probably like, close. Yeah, but I mean you may not be making it. A second doesn't seem like a long time, but that in running Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's probably pretty close. Right. Interesting. He'll probably get an invite to the trials. Right. I mean, he definitely has a shot to make the team, whether yeah. he makes it or not. Right. So, I also don't. I don't really know the American runners right now. How long's didn't Christian Coleman get suspended? Oh yeah, that's true. I don't um, know if he's suspended. Yeah. I mean, Justin Gatlin was running though, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like, he's still running. I feel like he's so old. I don't know. Um, my fail of the week is Stephen Godfrey. Congratulations. Um, you win a signed Butch Jones helmet for winning this fail of the week. Um. <laughs> He was just told that Tennessee sent out an internal memo announcing an investigation into multiple leaks during Danny White's coaching search. As White has never dealt with a leak during a coaching search and suffered multiple... I don't have the rest of the tweet. But Danny White responded. Sounds like there wasn't a memo. And you tweeted that? Yeah, it looks dumb on you. And if there was a memo, wouldn't you have produced proof at that point since you got tweeted at by the guy? I would think. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. I I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, my next one is a member of the Cavs front office. Did you see this? So I did the, not see this. They were playing uh, the Lakers. The Lakers, it was at Cleveland. Um, and LeBron missed the shot to end the third quarter. Yeah. And he, like, stood up and was just, like, clapping, just, like, hard as crap. And then LeBron, LeBron, like, saw him do it, and he was just like, okay. 
And uh, he scored 21 in the fourth. So did he know the front office? Like, was it someone that was there when LeBron was there? Or I don't was... know. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the whole backstory. So this guy's it. the... Um... But he, he's sitting courtside. And this guy's a Spike Lee. Yeah. Now. Yeah, he's... Okay. He's sitting courtside and... But not as famous as Spike Lee. Correct. So yes. you just got... But actually, like, is affiliated with the team. Right. So you got a 21-piece dropped on you for nothing. Yeah. You I did it to yourself. I like the story Kevin Hart talks about getting... He got dropped like 40 on by James Harden because he was talking trash to him. And he's like, yeah. And then, then he came out and dropped 40 in the second half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was like during the, the Michael Jordan, the last dance thing, he would just find something random and just be so mad about it and just drop. Well, Michael Jordan made most of it up, it seems. Yeah. Whereas like, at least this is yeah. real. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that a lot of people are like, I had no idea that. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just gave me a weird look, yeah. so I just dropped fifty on him. <laughs> what? what an enigma! That dude was weird. Um, all right, I don't have any more. I don't have any more fails. You got any more? Yeah, that's all I got. Um, did you see Bill? We we saw Bill, Bill Walton eat the cupcake. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think your birthday's this week. I think you should it have is? to eat a cupcake like that on the show, like a. Candle, and, Candle all? and all. I think you should have to do it. Like, I don't even know. Is that even possible? Yeah. Do you, you just, like, shove, like, shove it in your mouth? Like, does it just... Oh, yeah, it'll go out. You think? I mean, it, might, it might sting a little bit. You know, a little burn action. But it's not going to burn you. Mm. You might feel hot. Fire. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think you should have to do that for your birthday. Who would want to see Landon eat a candle? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Do it. I don't know where. Like, do it. Why do I have to do it for my birthday? Why can't you do it for my birthday? I'll do it for my birthday. <laughs> okay. If you do it for your birthday, we'll see. We'll see what we got. I'm gonna bring you a cupcake and a candle, and you're gonna do it. All right, just like Bill Walton. Yeah, I'm gonna get one of those mini cupcakes to okay. really piss you off. That's fine. Okay. At least I'll eat the whole thing. Bill Walton didn't even eat the whole thing. He also had it all over his mouth, and it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it was pretty uncomfortable. Whatever. Guys, appreciate you listening. As always, wherever you're at in Mir, no, Merrill Island. Somebody was in Merrill Island. Merrill Merrill Island. Merrill's Inlet. Merrill's Inlet. Inlet. That's it. (laughs) Um, I know we've got Chris in Georgia slash Milan. Um, Wherever y'all listen, though, we really do appreciate it. Appreciate Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel hopping on tonight to talk some vol athletics. Um, We will see you guys back here on Wednesday night. Back to our normal, our regular scheduled programming. Yeah, so we're we're back on Wednesday nights. Let's do no it. More, no more of that Wednesday morning crap. It's too early. It's too early. It's too early. It's my fault, but we're back. That's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.